So do you understand where it's at? Some don't want to admit it yet. <laughs> where that you don't know. Hey, listen, welcome, Lord willing, to the future home of Harvest Bible Chapel, Indianapolis West. And uh, on behalf of the future facility team, we're just excited not only to finally let you know where the property is, uh, but also what the Lord could have happen with this property. Uh, as a west side of Indianapolis, a regional church, this property fits right within our desired uh, area here. And uh, you can see again on the box right within our area, you can see it in there. It's a prime location just right off of Rockville Road, easy accessibility from all directions. In fact, let's move in closer if you're still not quite catching where this is. It's right behind Hobby Lobby, uh, right by Walmart. Let's go ahead and move on into the next one. You can see here in this that uh, the theater is right over here. That's where we are right now. Is that where we're at? That's where we're at right now. That's Ronald Reagan Road. This is Rockville Road down here. This is where our office is. You come down, you come over, come in the entrance as you're going into wanting to go to Hobby Lobby Walmart. And we have our own drive right back to our own 23.32 acres of property. And uh, in fact, let's do this. Let's take a little drive. Paul, if you could uh, take us on a little drive here. This is coming in the entrance uh, right off of Rockville Road. Hobby Lobby is right over here. We're coming in. You turn that way to go to Walmart, that way to go to Hobby Lobby, and then, whoa, everybody getting sick? Yeah, and then, no, we're coming back. You can see the median here. Uh, part of the plans is we talked to the city that we'll be able to have some directional signs along the way here. And then we come to our property road closed. Is this the end of the earth? Um, let me let you know, and Paul, go ahead and pause there, as you know, here in just a second. Yeah, pause there. Um, this road ends there. There is no road beyond, uh, but there is going to be in just a little bit, uh, not at our expense, by the way. Um, the developers of this property are the developers I was telling you about are Christian men who live in St. Louis, and God's just done a really special work. Um, so what's happening here is uh, potentially within weeks to the next months, few months, uh, a bridge is going to be extending this road. Now, when you think of bridge, you think of poles and metal and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's not what we're talking about here. It's more like a culvert. Um, in essence, what if you were to drive out of here, go down, to, like they're building the bridge to go over uh, the railroad tracks here, right at the base of the bridge, you turn left into Menards, you can see this concrete culvert where water can come under and the dirt just comes right over the top. It just looks like land that's extended. So this isn't going to be like a covered bridge part of the festival or anything. Now what's happening here is some rinky-dink. This is just going to be the ground is going to continue to over onto 23.32 acres of property. Oh, and by the way, of which after the service today, you are invited and welcome to come over and stop and take a walk out on it. Uh, we've got permission from the owners to do that. We've got a little temporary bridge over the creek that's there and cut a path out and you can go and walk out into the middle of the property. In fact, Paul, why don't you go ahead and continue on here? Uh, this will go dark here and then we'll come up with a 360 degree view of the property, place the camera in the center of the property, and uh, you'll just kind of get a first look here. Uh, let's go ahead and pause it right there. You can see right over here is actually the back of Hobby Lobby. Here shortly, there is going to be another building, a Gordman's. It's going to be built right next door to the Hobby Lobby. 
and there could be other buildings that extend as time moves along. But that's where, so we're looking directly south, right at Ronald Reagan. Okay, let's go ahead and keep on moving. I'm sorry, directly south at Rockville Road. I'm sorry. We're coming, uh, there's the back of Hobby Lobby. We're coming now, we're moving over towards the west side of the property. There's a really nice condominium development that's over there. You can see the trees line the area. Now we're coming towards the northwest side of the property. In fact, if you were to go straight out that way, you would run into Shepherd's Lutheran uh, Church. This is a housing area that the exit is out on 100 north. We're now coming to the northeast side corner of the property, and then we'll come on down around the east side. And I don't know about you, as I look at that, I just see all those little plants going, we need a church. <laughs> you want didn't you hear that? Did you hear that? Okay, and now as we... <laughs> I didn't do that in the first service, did I? <laughs> okay, uh, stop right there. Right about in there is where the road extension will be stopping for access. And then uh, it would be coming. You'll see here in a master site plan, in many ways, where we're standing right now on the property is probably kind of right at the outside the front door, okay, uh, as it comes in. But that gives you a good feel for it with the entry road that's there, the the, the bridge or the extension of the road and the piece of property. Now, um, wouldn't it be nice to have all of this... Uh, Let's see, I'm sorry, I just got mental block. Um, yeah, okay. So how could a church look, see, look on this property, okay? How could it look and everything on a master site? Before we go there, I got two things I want to remind you of. One, you're going to be getting a little booklet here, a piece of literature that's going to be having a master site plan, floor plan, exterior elevations, all the things we're talking about. You're going to get that here in just a little bit, uh, but I want to keep all eyes up here at this point in time so you know that, so you don't have to be taking information down or wondering also, as the plans that you're going to be seeing, I mean, these are well-developed plans, as you're going to see as we've been working with professional master pl site planners and architects. But at the same time, uh, they're in process. We do not have blueprints in hand. We do not have shovel-ready people over there, work crew ready to get started this morning. Crud. I'd love that, but uh, we're in process, and we'll explain how the process is going to move. So with that in mind, let's go to the master site plan uh, that you see here. Uh, one word stands out for me. 23.32 uh, acres provides space. Space. Uh, we had been opened anywhere from 10 acres plus. You have 10 acres, ministry possibilities change. You have over 20 acres, you've got some pretty cool opportunities. Uh, this in-process master site plan. Come over here is where the road is going to be extended. Um, this little thing is actually like a trail. Uh, the road will come on up. You can see kind of like a circle turnaround area, drop-off area. There's a southern parking lot. There's a parking lot on the east side of the facility there. You can, in essence, see what is, it's termed there, phase one building, the first project build that we're going to be talking about today. You can see next to that where there's plenty of future expansion possibilities. One of the things I love about the design of the facility is expansion possibilities are just so creatively possible. There's just so many ways we could do it. It's really cool. You know, just as examples, you can see over here, if we wanted to do a future family life center, if we wanted to be able to put up a covered picnic area like we've done with the September picnics, rather than go somewhere else, we could have it and families could come and use it. You can see space for fields and so forth for families to be able to come as well as 
houses, even parking lot uh, expansion areas. Lots of glorious, wonderful space that thrills my soul. That is a blessing. It is a blessing. Well, let's move from the master plan to what could a floor plan of the church look like? And here's what we're looking at. Everything that's colored in, uh, that's colored here, it takes up about 23,400 square feet of facility. Uh, The floor plan shows four main areas. The blue is the auditorium. The tan is the lobby space. And there's a connecting uh, cafe patio. We'll show you that. Then the green area is the children's ministry multi-use space. The red area is the office administration area. And then you can kind of see you up at the top, there's a gray area for some storage and utility space. And the black and white lines show uh, for expansion on what that could look like. I want to walk through each of these spaces here a little bit. Let's go to the first area, and that's the auditorium. With the auditorium, it has a wraparound seating design. Uh, we want to be able to have that together, all wrapped around feeling. This shows an auditorium of 475 seats. Um, a floor is a slanted floor design. If you're not quite sure what that looks like, it looks like this. This is Harvest Davenport. Harvest Davenport is bigger. Uh, their auditorium is bigger, but this is in part, part of it. If you were literally to stand right at about this point, take off maybe the, the back four rows, that's what we're talking about and a slanted floor, so it provides for better sight lines. Uh, We love this kind of thing, but I love the whole wraparound. I just want to be hugged by everybody in it. Also in it, just in the design and the seating, we've got 42 inches from seat front to to back a seat to back a seat, 22 inches wide. Why do I say that? Because some designs will show you like 19-inch wide seats crammed together, and 22-inch wide seats are what these are. Uh, in here. So we're talking uh, seats that have some ability to move and have some expression, frankly, space as well. Um, you can see on the, uh, the, the platform, uh, great size. Nick is thrilled about it. You can see here it's shown where it actually has portable choir steps like what we would have here set up on the back. And even with those that could be torn down, you still have the worship team and space for them. So there's plenty of space for that. We're looking at having a center screen and two side screens. Lord willing, if we could do it all. And as we start out, that'd be great. The center screen would be a backlit screen and two projection screens uh, kind of with that. Uh, I'll just tell you, if you've been around here, you know, I love visuals. I think they're very important. It can be used very well in teaching the scriptures as well as just seeing. It's not a fancy, we're not going to have disco balls or laser light shows, but it does be able just to allow you to be able to see things in a very visual world that we live in. Uh, you can see that the musicians can exit off of the platform at the top there, and then they can go and uh, huddle in the utility room. <laughs> The second area you can see on here is the lobby. I love this lobby. Uh, One of the, as we've been doing some research, one of the common errors that ends up happening on a first build is that the lobby and children's ministry space gets gypped on space. And it's because of cost. But being that we are doing a permanent facility, not a bridge facility design uh, approach here, This is the kind of thing we want to have space. We are a church that is about side-by-side, life-on-life together. That means we want people to stay and not be pushed out. A lot of churches, the lobby area is so small that it's basically come and leave as quickly as possible because we've got other people coming in. 
We would like not for that not to happen. And so what we've got here is space in this lobby, areas for people to be able to sit, and yet sight lines are very simple. You can walk in the door, the left is children, straight, kind of angled 45 to the left is the auditorium, straight ahead is the cafe and the restrooms. I mean, everything's right there, and then the administration office is there as well. So it's a very simple approach, similar like what we have here. You can see on this that uh, uh, the, mul- the bathrooms that are there, ladies, we just want for you to know we have more stalls than code requires. We love you. You can also see the cafe that is there. Uh, do want for you to know that with the cafe, this is not a church kitchen. This isn't a commercial kitchen. This is truly just a little cafe spot where it would have, you know, table countertop space for coffee makers, uh, for refrigerator, probably a couple microwaves, and just cabinet space and that type of a thing. You can also see out here is this patio. What we're trying to do in the design of this is have the outside be part of the lobby. So on nice days, people don't feel like they have to leave and they step out of the door and step in the parking lot, please go. You're going to see we have pretty deep entry area with lots of space on that. This patio we've put right by the front so people can come and hang out here. And if we have tables or umbrellas, it's on the east side of the building. So as the sun rises in the morning, God is right there with you uh, with your harvest coffee. (laughs) Um, Let's go to the third area, children's ministry area and multi-use space. This is an area that uh, it's 5,100 square feet of space. It has a single entry off of the main lobby there. That's on purpose. That's for security purposes. You can see that when you walk in that we wanted to have an area going into classes that isn't just a small, narrow school hallway. This is 20 by 40. This could actually be used for some things, but on Sundays as people are pulling in and with all the you know, baby care things and all that going on, there's some space for people to get to their classes. Uh, The nursery toddler pre-K is on your left, as well as the gathering. We'd like to be able to have that as we can afford it, like to be able to have that side of this area be very kid looking. So a kid comes in and it's like, this is my space. Okay, we'd love to see that happen. Now the other side, the right side, the kindergarten, first, third, fourth, fifth grade side, Uh, That we would like to have look very cool and contemporary, but the kind of thing where elementary school kids could really enjoy it, but so could teens and so could adults. And in fact, the reason for the door that goes into the lobby, that would not be used on Sundays, but into the lobby is so that this could be a multi-use space. You can also see that there are pole walls. Pole walls like this are not cheap at all, but they are far more inexpensive than building a room this big somewhere else for us to be able to hang at other times. So it has a multi-use capability, which I'm really thrilled about. Uh, you can see below this, there's a door that can access out into uh, this kind of play area, teaching area that we could have that could be outdoors. I think this would be a place where kids would love being there. The fourth area is the office. Uh, for a lot of people, it doesn't matter a whole lot. You know, just put some cubicles in a tent. Uh, but for others of us, it's pretty important. Uh, we're looking at having five offices. It allows for some growth as well as a conference room. The conference room could be used as a green room for Sunday for the worship team as they go between services or so forth. Uh, there's also an open area for reception and workspace. I'd love to be able to have some 
cubicles for volunteers to come in and have access to a computer and be able to do prep or other things with that. Um, and that's the office space as well as out onto the patio. The patio not only would be nice for us, but this also could actually be the entry door into the offices during the week um, as opposed to the front door if wanted. So that's a walkthrough on the floor plan. Now, as you look at this floor plan, give you an idea, 80% capacity with our present adult-child ratio that we have on Sundays. If we did two services, which we would do, we'd start with two services. Starting with two services, we could be able to minister to over 1,100 people at 80% capacity on a Sunday. Um, That's one of the things I love about this is that uh, the space allows for a lot of ministry to be done. If we were to go to three services on a weekend, like two on Sunday morning and say a Sunday evening service, um, three of the same worship services, it would be the type of thing where we could house over 1,500 people in this building through the various services. So let's bring the master site plan and the floor plan together. Uh, just kind of allow you to take it in a little bit, process some of this. Again, you're going to have these images, but uh, it's very purposed. It's very ministry-driven, and that's what we want to try and accomplish. Uh, And you're looking here, so much of this is functionality, but uh, wouldn't it be awesome if it could look beautiful as well? Wouldn't that be neat? I mean, here we've got this building where all this functionality, but I don't want a crystal cathedral. I don't know about you. That's just like over-the-top crazy, what's with that? But I really don't also want a barn. I love Indiana, okay? But I also don't want a barn. And yet also in this, just so you're aware, this is also not a bridge facility approach. This is permanent. So that has impact not only on kind of size start, but also on the outside. So you want to see what this could look like? Okay, let's have a little drum roll. Bam! Okay, we got a little advanced head. All right, we're good. All right? Isn't that cool? I just love this. I love it for a number of reasons. Uh, One, harvest as a church, there's a contemporary reality to us. Uh, As a church, we love being able to have open on this property, open to the property. So what's gone on is we've tried to have this design to where there's contemporary lines to it and look to it. Really what this is is four boxes put together. If you were to take out the cool-looking windows and the cool-looking contemporary awnings, uh, it's really not all that fancy. It's just four boxes. But then when you come in and you add these other dimensions, it changes it into a really neat-looking place. Part of what we wanted to have happen is we wanted the outside to come in. If you were out on Ronald Reagan and, you know, 50 feet from the road, that would be different. Or if we were in that way with uh, Rockville Road. But being in the setting that we're at, we're like, man, how cool would that to bring the outdoors into the building? And thus, we thought, look at the glass and let's be able to do that. You can see the straight lines, uh, the very cleanness of it. And there's administration, there's lobby, there's kids, there's the auditorium. Let's go to the next one. We'll see from a little higher and get a better grasp of it. You can see out here that in this entry area, it's very wide. It doesn't just have a narrow walkway. That's on purpose. Now, possibly in the beginning, we might not be able to afford all of the width. We'd love to be able to do that. But part of all this planter area isn't just to look neat with trees around it. It's for people to sit. 
All of this is designed for people to hang as much as possible here at this place. And so even outside as they're waiting for people or just, I could just so see teens love sitting out here and just hanging together and interacting. You've got uh, even benches over here and on all of these ledges around the patio there, you've got the children's area there. You can see how all of this is coming together in just a way that just looks fun. And it looks like us in so many ways. Let's kind of do a little walk around. Let's start up here. There's Pastor Eric waiting for all the kids to come in to children's ministry or else maybe he's taught. Now he needs a little bit of alone time because his face got like flattened. <laughs> Sorry, Eric, a little bit, <laughs> a blank look on your face there. You can kind of see here, this is the idea with the children's ministry with the awnings that are there just to add some dimension to the building and the windows. Uh, down here in the bottom corner, you'll see where each look is taking place. Let's go to the next one, Paul. We're coming in from, say, the south parking lot. We've got two entry doors at some point. If we need to add a third entry door, that other one can be. But right now, that's for a great sitting area. You can see this area and how people can sit in all of these spaces. We'll move on to a little bit further to the right, coming from the uh, east parking lot, entering in. In fact, Karen said, uh, here I am walking in with a gray hair. That was a suit coat day. And uh, coming into the building, you can see some of the patio. Let's move a little bit more to the right here. And this is uh, walking in from the east parking lot into kind of that cafe area. We'd love again to have tables and umbrellas or whatever into the administration place. That's the building at this time we're looking to go with. Your name and renown are the desire of our hearts, Lord. Not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and your faithfulness. You know, this is a very surreal thing for myself and I know for much of the staff as we've been involved in this now for months. And in my head, I just go, God, could that happen? Imagine the ministry that could flow out of having a permanent footprint. Do you realize we'll have over 500 people this Sunday come in here? And we don't have a sign anywhere. Except for when we haul out in the morning on Sunday mornings. It's been all through word of mouth. Can you just imagine the ability to have some impact when we have a permanent place just with people? But I'm even saying to reach the world to train people up. Just even with Harvest, this would provide us the opportunity to be able to partner with Harvest in new kinds of ways and even possibly be a training center for training pastors and ministry people for beyond us to plant church outside of us. We're going to plant churches. We're going to, no question about it. And this is the kind of thing that would allow us to be able to move into a whole ministry capacity, both in-house and beyond our walls. Well, here's a big picture of a timeline. We're now looking to, in essence, present to you what we're looking at doing and talk with you about a funding campaign and get that started. Lord willing, then in March, probably around there, uh, we'd be looking and actually closing on the property. Then 2012 would be a year to where we're raising funds as well as in, on the facility side of things, as well as moving ahead along with all the building preparations. There's, there's a good 9 to 12 months of work that needs to go in just into architectural zoning codes, all kinds of things that uh, we have yet to... Uh, we have zoning, all oh, that's cool, but other things to go with. 
Late 2012, that's where we would be looking and uh, securing financing, Lord willing, and having a second part of our funding campaign take place. Uh, then in spring of 2013 or somewhere around there, earthwork and starting to build. And then towards the latter part of 2013 would be the time where we'd look at move in and have the kind of the finishing out of the funding campaign. Uh, I don't know the timeline exactly. I'm just trying to give you a general idea. It could be sooner. If God could show up sooner and just help us with the finances, this could move along earlier than that. And yet, at the same time, God needs to grow us and work us through. It could be longer than that. I want to let you know that in this whole funding reality, we're talking about a four and a quarter to five, I'm sorry, four and a quarter to four and a half million dollar project, including land and earthwork. I have grown in my appreciation so much for first phase because first phase has the whole purchase of property and the whole earthwork moving. You realize just that alone is nearly $2 million of a whole project like this? And you don't even have a wall. After that, things get cheaper because you don't have all that process. But I want for you to know, a lot of it goes into this foundational step that we have placing. So with that said, three words, build. We're seeking to build a ministry home for God's people here, for Jesus Christ. Worship. This is all about the fame of the name of Christ and together. This is only going to happen if we're all in this together. With that in mind, I'd like for you to grab your booklet that is coming to you now. I forgot to make mention of that. Okay, everybody's going to get a little booklet that tells everything we've been going through here. And I want to walk through one of these parts with you, the funding part. Just as we look ahead, I'll just kind of preempt this with, um, I am so excited about over this next year, year, two years of just being able to hear of the God stories that take place. We have literally already seen some miracles happen in this process. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen. Every Sunday, we're not going to be having this kind of talk from here on out. I'm not going to be finding a brand new building in every text of the scripture from here on out. Okay? (laughs) Just so you know, if you've been in a church where that's the case, that's not the place. But if it shows up here and there, I'll I'll remind us uh, with that. But God's going to do a work. And this is the fun part about it. I would love to be in that building now. But that would also be stepping out of all the work that God's going to do amongst us in the process. So as you're getting this, I'd like for you to turn, as you can see, as you open it up, you can see the first page just talks about build worship and together. Then the next part has those three images of the master site plan, the exterior and the floor plan. I'd like for everybody to turn to the last section, the funding, and spend some time here on this. Let's just actually, I want to read this with you. Building a new church home is going to require a faith family effort, working together as one. When we consider all that God has done, we joyfully respond by worshiping with open hands, ready to give sacrificially toward furthering his work on the west side of Indianapolis and beyond. Financially, this is going to require nothing short of a God-sized work among us. That means a people committed to equal sacrifice, not necessarily equal giving. Whether it's a widow's might or a treasure of wealth, this is a call to be a people 
offering freely to the Lord with joyful hearts. We're asking that each household at Harvest participate by prayerfully giving in two ways. How many ways? Two ways. Through an ongoing weekly gift and through year-end gifts. Uh, Let me summarize it this way. We're looking at doing it two ways over two years. In fact, say it with me just for fun. Two ways over two years. That sums up how we're trying to structure this. The first of the ways is this, ongoing weekly gifts. And you can see on the screen, on the right side of your booklet there, it has the whole thing. But you can see just to understand how all this works, each section. Ongoing weekly gifts. This part of the funding plan consists of weekly giving that is above and beyond one's regular giving. For 2012, we have set a goal of raising $130,000 through these gifts and $156,000 for 2013. For 2012, this is the equivalent of 125 households giving an average of $20 additionally per week. And for 2013, 150 households giving an average of $20 per week. Now, in these present economic times, we know that some simply cannot increase their giving by $20 per week, while others may be able to give much beyond that. Yet this is an occasion where we can pull together as a church family. For example, one household might be able to commit an additional $5 or $10 per week, while another household commits 30 or 50. You see that together? That's the idea here. The result will be a body unified, a financial goal met, and our God glorified as his people work together as one. The second way that we would like for everybody to participate in is through year-end gifts. This part of the funding plan consists of three annual year-end gifts, basically starting the two years, middle of the two years, and the end of the two years. Three annual gifts given in 2011, 2012, 2013. These year-end gifts could come from a variety of sources, such as personal savings or stocks or garage sales or tax returns, as well as sold assets or postponed major purchases or adjusted vacation plans or adjusted living a lifestyle for a period of time. The 2011 year-end gifts will provide us with the funds to purchase the land and continue the necessary design and development work. The 2012 year-end gifts will position us with the necessary equity to secure financing and preparation to build. The 2013 year-end gifts will provide for various finishing expenditures in preparation for move-in. So we ask that you seek the Lord regarding this opportunity, asking how he can use and challenge you. Then after prayerful consideration, please let us know how God is leading you to participate by completing a commitment card. This is a time to build a new legacy of worship together, not for us, but for the name and the renown of the Lord. Now, I'd like for us to understand how with the commitment process, if you've been involved in a church capital campaign in the past, oftentimes they've been set up in two-year commitments or three-year commitments. We're not doing that. We're not doing that just in the reality of our economic times. 
the truth of the matter is uh, you and I uh, don't have like the foggiest uh, clue what life's going to look like next year, a year from now. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this in three little sections, okay? Let me show you here. So, Paul, let's go to the next one. This is, in essence, the commitment card for this year is going to be for a a year-end type of a gift. We'll go over this here in a minute on the card. But a year-end type of a gift and a commitment for some kind of above and beyond your regular giving amount weekly for this coming year that's directed to the facility fund. The second year, a year from now, we'll be doing the same thing. So initially, the commitment is just for one year. Then in a year from now, we'll do that again. But everybody knows exactly what's coming, okay, with that. It also allows on-ramps for other people who come and join and want to get to be a part of this. And then as we close it out in 2013, we'll just have the final uh, amount year-end gift. Let's bring this all together, as you can see on your page, and highlight a couple things on here. You can see that in each of these year-end gift amounts, We've just given an example of how these amounts can be met. Because I don't know about you, when I talk about one and three quarter million dollars, that blows my mind. We're just regular people. But how could God do that? And so part of what this does is kind of seeing and understanding that when it's all together, put before the Lord, God can take it. Listen, God's big enough to handle this, isn't it? Okay, the issue is, do we want to jump in? in some capacity. We want to jump in, and we want to jump in sacrificially. It's not equal giving, but it is equal sacrifice. And sacrifice doesn't mean equal comfort. Sacrifice, straight up. Sacrifice is sacrifice. And yet you can see here where in the reality of it is, you know, for some people, it may be $100. I don't know, for some people right now in this time of life, 20 bucks may be like way over the top for you and giving it as a widow's might is a faith. Listen, all in. For some, this may be, you know what? All in. Listen, the numbers, they're too little for me. God's blessed with David's kind of funding. I'm all in. And you can see year by year how these kinds of things can come together when we all come in. Let me just show you what's already going on here. God's already been at work. This number right over here, 700,000 out of the one and three quarter million is already in hand. It's already been committed. 500,000 of that has been raised over the last years. That's come out of our excess general fund. We've been able to put nearly about a hundred to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year into the facility fund because of excess in our budget because you've been so faithful. That's also come at the time when we were looking at the Christian bookstore, and many people gave towards that before we backed out of that. And I want for you to know, all of those funds, anything that was given for that, is all in that number. It's always been that way. It's always going to go for facility. That also includes already we've had a family who's come and said, you know what, we're willing to commit 200000 Is that not cool? God's work. And when you can just see these through the process, for me, I'm just excited because I stand here and the rest of the staff knows at times, I'm just like, I don't know how this is going to happen. They see behind the curtain. 
I'm like, I'm blown away. But you know what? It may be that God wants us to just come and end up showing us, you know what, Doug? You have way too small of faith. I'm going to blow your living faith brains out. Wouldn't that be awesome? The whole heart of this is all in this together. All in this together is an act of worship unto the Lord, not for our name, but for his name. So as we wrap up here, a few things for you to do from here. Number one, process this. I realize this is kind of always a weird position to be in when I'm literally months ahead of you. For many of you, some of these pictures and numbers you've seen for the most of you for the very first time. Process and get excited. Get excited about this. I'm just telling you, totally jazzed here in in these shoes. Secondly, today, you're invited to take a walk on the property. When we head out, don't forget your kids, but when we head out and we get things torn down here, we could use your help with that. And Here in a bit, we've put most of our songs towards the end of the service because we want to rejoice big. We've got like a choir song and like three other songs, and we're just going to sing it loud and big, and then we're going to head on out, whoever wants to, and you can go over to the property, and we've got some people over there, and you can walk it. It's a little bit muddy maybe, but so what? It's a beautiful thing, and you'll be able to go and walk. We've got a permission from the owners to be able to do that. So get excited. Take a walk on the property and pray and seek the Lord on what you or what you, your family, would do by faith. You've got in your update this uh, 30 days of praise and prayer. I would encourage you to consider using this uh, maybe as your devotions or as your for your family uh, in there. It's just each day, what's something we can praise God for? This is all about taking us to the vertical, okay? This isn't about uh, find some money in your garage, then find some money in your bedroom. That's not what this is about. This is about taking it to the vertical, okay? And being able to do that together. Feel free to be able to use that for you. Then we would like for you to pray and seek the Lord and return the commitment card. In fact, can you pull this out? The commitment card that should be in your uh, booklet there. On the back of it just has some uh, passage and just some thoughts on maybe how ways you could, creative ways to consider giving. On the main side of it, it says 2011 commitment card. Uh, please uh, complete and drop in the offering or turn to the welcome table or church office. We'd like everybody to be able to do this by December 18th. By when? December 18th. We may even have like a celebration Sunday uh, on the 18th. We're, uh, we're working on that. And then on the card it says, after prayer, prayerful consideration, I, we believe the Lord would have me, us, commit the following by faith. Number one, two ways to give. Number one, a year-end gift for 2011. Now you can see there that it says by February 29th. You can give this by the end of the year and obviously get the tax deduction uh, if you would like. But on this, it's so short here. We realize that sometimes for some people, it just give you a little bit more time. And we're looking to, Lord willing, close on the property in March. So that could be a year end through that time. And just check one of these, 100, 250, 15,000, 25,000. If, if you have a different number that the Lord's put on your heart, whether it's lower, whether it's higher, put it on there. If someone wants to give half a million or a million, we can get started a lot quicker in the whole process. Um, or even if there's a stock or some kind of asset, it's the type of thing that you would like to talk with us about, mark that on there. The second way to give is the ongoing weekly. Uh, and you can either check that, you know what, we'd love to, I'd love to be able to do $20 additional per week, or there's a blank there if it needs to be less or if it needs to be more, okay? That's what we'd like to, by when? 
okay, by December 18th. And you can uh, drop that in uh, earlier as well. Another thing I want to make mention is attend a future facility information meeting. We're going to have two of them. And in your update, it tells those. We're going to have two of these at the Avon Town Hall. One is Monday night, the 28th, the Monday after Thanksgiving. And then the Friday of that week, uh, which is Friday, December 2nd. It's not that there's going to be any big news that happens that we're unloading. It's just a time where two things want to happen. We just want to kind of have a chance for uh, the process to ask any questions that you might have. And then secondly, we're going to pray. And we're going to pray about the process. And if you'd like to come to one of those, you can come to both. It's not that anything's different with each of them, but you're welcome to come to that and to gather some more information. And lastly, give. We just want to encourage everybody in to give. A year-end gift and an ongoing gift. Well, let's have the choir come down. Um, choir is going to be singing for us as we take an offering. And, uh, and then we're going to have some songs that we sing. But if you have your Bible with you, I'd encourage you, open it to First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 28. I want to read some verses here for us. First Chronicles chapter 28. I'm going to start in verse 11. Then David gave Solomon, his son, the plan of the vestibule of the temple. And all of its houses, its treasuries, its upper rooms, and its inner chambers, and of the room for the mercy seat, verse 12. And the plan of all that he had in mind for the courts of the house of the Lord, all the surrounding chambers, the treasuries of the house of God, the treasuries for dedicated gifts. Jump down to verse 20. Then David said to Solomon, his son, be strong and courageous and do it. I love that. I had thought about, you know what? We could make this kind of uh, campaign theme, just do it. But then I I don't know. I thought someone else had come up with that. Be strong and courageous and do it. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For the Lord God, even my God, is with you. That's cool. He will not leave you or forsake you until all the work of the service of the house of the Lord is finished. And behold, the divisions of the priests and the Levites for all the service of the house of God and with you and all the work will be every willing man who has skill for any kind of service. Also, the officers and all the people will be holy at your command. That's together. Together. Chapter 29 And David, the king, said to all the assembly, Solomon, my son, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great. (laughs) We can relate to all that. Young church. For the palace will not be for man, uh, but for the Lord God. Vertical. So I have provided, David is saying, for the house of the Lord my God, so far as I was able, not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. The gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, the wood for the things of wood, beside great quantities of onyx and stones for setting. And he goes on. Moreover, in addition to all, I have provided for the holy house. I have a treasure of my own gold and silver. And because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. I just want to let you know here, it's interesting how David comes. And David is the leader of the people. He starts out and he says, listen, what I'm calling for everybody to be a part of, I just want to let you know I'm full in as well. And I just want to let you know transparently and no kind of pat myself on the back, but trying to be a leader who's setting the pace as well. I just want for, you know, Karen and I are full in on this. And I'm just, till it hurts. 
fall in until it really hurts. And for all the work to be done by craftsmen, gold for the things of gold, silver for things of silver, who then will offer willingly, consecrating himself today to the Lord? Verse 6. Then the leaders of fathers' houses made their free will offering, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers over the king's work. They gave for the service of the house of God 5,000 talents, 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, 100,000 talents of iron. I don't even know what all that adds up to, but I just say this. It adds up to a lot because those are big numbers. (laughs) Verse 8, And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in the care of Jehel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly. For with a whole heart, they had offered freely to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. Then David said to all the assembly,